Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Carrie out of Texas from Pilates Works. What's going on, Carrie? How are you doing today? I'm pretty good. How are you doing? I'm so I'm very good. Thank you for asking. Now, right. before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on at Pilates Works, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Sure. Well, um, I have a tagline for the studio, which is practical Pilates and functional fitness. And I try to integrate ideas from a variety of movement and fitness systems to uh, better serve clients and to help them uh, just feel good in uh, healthy, happy bodies that are functional, moving well, and that they feel strong enough to get through life in, in a proper fashion. If somebody's an athlete, I try to help support what their other passions are. Um, it, it really depends on the individual. We really try to look at individuals and help them. Uh, I started this studio uh, at, right in the same space as where I'd had a previous studio with a business partner. And she decided she wanted out of the business and we shut the business down. And I felt that it was an opportunity to also uh, reconfigure the business a little bit. I had been interested in adding in more pieces of equipment that would be more on the functional fitness side. And so when I was purchasing new equipment, I decided to also get the uh, balanced body core lines and um, I've, I have the Bodhi suspension systems, and I also have the motors from Balanced Body. And I had already been doing training in um, like functional aging and things like that. So I really wanted to uh, kind of reconfigure some of what we were doing to make it more, even more diverse and better able to serve our clients. And yeah. Um, so, uh, that was in, um, the spring of 2016 that we switched to the new studio. Okay. Um, so I noticed that one of the taglines that you said includes functional fitness in it. Um, mm -hmm. so practical Pilates and functional fitness, right? Mm -hmm. So does that mean it's like a mixture of Pilates and strength training? Like what is that? How does that tie into the services that you provide for your members? Well, yes, uh, different aspects of strength training, um, gait, balance training, um, different types of uh, other kinds of stretches, uh, fascial work. Um, I never was like a classical Pilates person. I have a very, uh, strong dance background and, um, actually I've had a dance company for many years and I used to teach dance at, uh, 
I taught at a boarding school, taught at colleges and universities, all kinds of things about dance. I've always been fascinated with movement. And, you know, I think uh, healthy movement, good alignment, you know, being able to move your center of gravity through space, being able to find different ways to coordinate how you're moving in space, you know, all these things um, can really be taken for granted. But as more and more research comes out too, uh, in recent years, I feel like especially what's been coming out in the last 15 years about the nervous system and the fascia and everything else, um, it's just further and further proof for why it's important to be integrating ideas from a lot of different movement systems and uh, challenging the, the body and mind in uh, integrated ways um, and that you keep changing things up as you're going and that you do it in practical ways um, sorry, my brain got jumping around there. <laughs> it's okay. I, I got another question ready for you. Um, so you have a like a variety of services that you offer on the functional side and also like the Pilates side. So you said earlier that you've never really done like classical Pilates. Um, how have you been getting people in the door in terms of well? I've trained in classical Pilates, but mm -hmm. I've never uh, taught that purely mm -hmm. because uh, I think there's too many reasons to go beyond that. And also with any form of uh, fitness, you can get too caught up in rigid ideas that aren't necessarily going to serve you well. Uh, in terms of marketing, I think that the things that, you know, I, over the years and with the previous studio too, I, I would have to say there are plenty of times I wasted marketing money where somebody convinced me that something was going to work well and it really ended up having no yield. Um, different kinds of advertising and different publications. Um, what I have found has worked the best is in terms of ads, would be actually to have ads in more high-profile publications uh, where you know that they're going uh, to people with discretionary income. And, um, you know, a Pilates equipment is expensive, maintaining it, buying new springs, all this stuff, it is expensive. And, um, you know, keeping everything safe for people. Um, so, you know, it's, it's not going to be cheap. Uh, even if you have like bigger mat classes where they're, they're going to be a lot cheaper, um, you know, it's just going to cost. And to serve people well, uh, there's going to be a certain amount of expense that's just going to have to go along with that. I have found that uh, some of those higher end magazines and things have, have uh, usually been pretty consistent about getting phone calls um, online, just the website, people finding us on the website. Um, 
in recent years, I haven't had as much time to get on social media. So I just find everything about dealing with the pandemic to be very time consuming. But um, I have actually found that just some of those natural things that generate through uh, social media, the website, those are often uh, the most beneficial things. You know, people just find you online. Of course, word of mouth is always helpful. Um, recommendations for other clients can be a great source. Um, I've never been great about asking people to solicit people. Uh, there have been times where I've had some special offers where, um, you know, like maybe during a certain month or something, if you had like a bring a friend for free or something like that, and if they buy something, you get a credit or, I mean, sometimes some of those things have done well. Um, right now I've been more focusing on real individual attention with private duets and trios, especially because I still have a lot of pandemic protocols in place, which most people don't, but, um, I have found that our clients just keep getting COVID <laughs> and since most of my clients are over the age of 40 and 50, and I have people in their 60s and 70s and 80s. I have felt that it's been very important to try to protect people. Um, so also because I'm only offering the private duets and trios in person right now, you know, it's it's more expensive. So there's just the harsh reality of it. It needs to be for uh, people who have more discretionary income. I just want to help serve them well. Um, I still, I'm doing my math classes on Zoom. Um, I think that marketing is always hard, um, but I've usually not had success from the things that are more general marketing, you know, like newspaper ads back when the newspaper was bigger, never really worked very well. Um, weekly newspaper kinds of ads never really worked very well. Um, like the coupons that you get <laughs> in your mailbox mm -hmm. never really worked very well. <laughs> you know, I, I think that, um, it's like, you can get ideas about thinking like, well, if I just do this, oh, it's going to be a whole new population of people that want to come in. Um, but you've got to keep looking at, you know, what, what are your current offerings? Who do you really want in the door? And who can really not only afford to come, but can afford to continue to come? I mean, I used to think I just um, wanted to help anybody who come in and I do, <laughs> but I also have come to recognize that I'm going to help people a lot more if I'm able to work with them over a longer period of time. I think that's one of my strengths as a coach. I have a lot of different kinds of training and been continuing to do a lot of kinds of training. And I think that as I'm 
watching somebody over time. I'm helping them with different things that I can really help them make much better progress. And if somebody's just gym hopping, uh, just trying out a lot of different things, they have a little experience here and there, um, I just can't help them as much. So yeah. I think it's going to be more beneficial for the client and myself if we're able to have kind of a journey over time. And a lot of times somebody who's coming in because of a special offer, you know, they're just coming for the special offer and, um, and then they're gone and then they go somewhere else to the next special offer. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, client retention is important. And like you said, you can only help people to your highest ability if people stick around. So do you know, like, how long does the average client stay at Pilates Works? Oh, honestly, I've never figured that out. But I have some clients that I've been working with for nearly my entire Pilates career. Like they have followed me from other studios and, um, you know, we've all been growing old together. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I, I have clients I've been working with for, you know, definitely over 20 years. Yeah. That's quite some time. That's quite some time. So yeah. with that being said, like where, what are your goals for Pilates Works? Like where do you want to eventually take your business? And, you know, I know this is a lot of questions in one, but like, how do you <laughs> want to see things sure. evolve sure. over the next year? Sure. Well, um, I'm in the process of trying to create some online courses that, uh I think can be both beneficial for clients I already have and um, could be also a good resource for uh, people who really just want to do stuff at home or, you know, may not be able to come in regularly or may not have those uh, kinds of uh, teachers in their communities depending on where they live and um so one of my goals is to expand our online offerings in different ways and i think that that will continue to be something that i kind of push more and more um i am 60 And I I feel all this is in kind of a process of evolution and adaptation. And there's also just what am I interested in doing at this point in my life and how I help people. Um, I've had a number of people in the last few years trying to recruit me to either run or work at at like a big Pilates club type facility and where they want you to teach 12 to 20 people on reformers at the same time. And I'm just not interested in that right now. (laughs) You know, I think that that could be a great way for people to get hurt. Um, And I really want to be able to use the skill sets that I have 
to help individuals in their journeys. So, um, you know, it, uh, I think you have to keep figuring out, you know, what are some of your goals and how do you feel personally fulfilled? Um, and it's, it's like I talk to dancers about this kind of thing too. Um, I think, um, you know, like if, if somebody is like a dancer at their heart, somebody's an athlete or maybe their passion is track and field or their passion is swimming or whatever it is, um, you really have to decide how do you feed that part of yourself that has that passion versus just um, doing things you think you need to do that somebody else told you to do or that somebody else is telling you is, I mean, so often we just get deluded uh, or, or our ideas get diluted <laughs> uh, be, because of all this uh, chatter and pressure and ideas about uh, expectations in different environments. Um, there's what, you know, how do you figure it out for you? And how are you going to keep your passion? And if you, if you can't keep your passion about movement, if you can't keep your passion about teaching, um, you know, it, and if you really just want to do nothing but administrative, fine, do that. But just make sure there's still some passion in, in your choices uh, or you find yourself just uh, becoming more and more miserable because you don't have that thing that's feeding you through the processes that you need. You need little threads of things that you're interested in learning, investigating about. Um, and that has to apply to aspects of your business, whether it's that you're changing the offerings or the formats or, you know, how can you better serve the clients you already have? Just what is, you know, what's that underlying passion? Yeah, absolutely, Carrie. Well, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, please tell our listeners where they can find you. Well, I'm in Fort Worth, Texas. And our website is Pilates.Works. That's P-I-L-A-T-E-S dot W-O-R-K-S. And we're near the hospital district, <laughs> near downtown Fort Worth. All righty, Carrie. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast and looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to continue to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Excuse me. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, Click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. 
You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'm your host today, Adam, and today with me is the one and only Katie McMillan with Fitbox CrossFit out of Queenborough, UK. Katie, how are you today? I'm really good. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Likewise, I appreciate you taking the time and I'm excited to learn about you and you know all the all the endeavors that you're going with. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll come go ahead and hand over the mic to you and just kind of give our listeners, you know, a little bit about who you are, what you've done, and you know, how you got into where you are now. Okay, thanks. Yeah. So um so my name's Katie and I opened my first gym, which was a CrossFit affiliate in 2017. Um I opened in like a tiny, tiny little shop on like the high street um of the town I was living in and really quickly outgrew that. And uh, and now I own a really big facility, which is nearby, um, which is Fitbox. And inside Fitbox, we have lots of different sports um, businesses and sports-related businesses um, that we kind of all share a big space with. Um, and my CrossFit affiliate um, and some other things that I'm also doing as well. So ladies only training um, and, yeah, other stuff like that. So... I live um, here in like the southeast of England um, with my two daughters and my um, partner um, uh, and we've got two dogs as well. Um, so my, the way that I kind of got into CrossFit coaching and owning an affiliate was actually I come from a teaching background. So I was a secondary school teacher which I think is high school teacher, like in, in America. So I taught older kids for nine, 10 years um, and was really, really, really good at my job, really loved what I was doing, but very quickly became, um, I, I was being pushed into kind of management and areas that I didn't really want to be part of. I didn't really want to manage adults. Um, I just wanted to work with children. I just wanted to kind of teach um and so I was I moved myself out of teaching at that point and decided to open a CrossFit affiliate which was quite a radical thing to do um I'd been training as a CrossFit athlete and was competing in just kind of regional stuff at the time um I'd been CrossFit that was so I'd been CrossFitting since 2013 and it was 2017 when I opened my affiliate so I, I knew the sport and I, and I had quite good connections locally. Um, but it, it was it was quite a wild thing to do when I look back because at the time I was a single mum to a four-year-old. Um, so it was just me and her and I was the only coach. So six days a week, I was in that gym morning, <laughs> noon and night. She was just with me, trailing behind, you know, being filled up oh, with yeah. snacks and... Yeah, it was a lot of hard work for a good couple of years um, until we got more established and were, were able to take on coaches and things like that. So 
there's been quite a lot of change in my CrossFit career and in also my experience of opening gyms because of obviously pandemic. Now, I don't know what it's like in America or the rest of the world completely, but the UK is very much facing a recession at the moment. So finances are, you know, changing for people quite rapidly. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're moving with it all, always like trying to change and adapt and um, go with it and make ourselves accessible for people, um, which is really, it's really nice. We're, we're at the moment, the gym is located, we're about an hour and a half drive from London, but we're in a very deprived area. So this is an area with like high poverty levels, um, it's not well connected transport wise. Um, there's a lot of disadvantaged families here, but there's also quite a big mix of people that commute into London and work in London. So we've got really different groups of people in our area. And our goal, my goal, is to try to cater for everyone. So while we are offering CrossFit, which is a more premium way to train, um, we're also working with our local um, council and local charities to start to offer accessible training for children that's affordable and for women and groups of people that have um, had health issues. Um, so we're branching out into those really, really soon, but it's, it's a slow process working with charities and councils and stuff. So it's not as quick as maybe I would like to launch something. Um, sure. But it's on its way. Um, yeah, that's in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but cool. Well, uh, you know, kudos for you know you got lots of different things going on inside your facility and everything. So, um, so with that being said, you know, you kind of you know really touched on it in a, in a nutshell per se. But you know kind of like your elevator pitch, you know, if somebody brand new were to come in to your, your facility, you know, what would be kind of like your initial consultation, you know, like all the services offered, you know, or class times. Um, and then how would you initially determine if they are a good fit or if you guys are a good fit for that person? I'm sure. Yeah. So we, um, the first thing that I would speak to someone about is what their goals are. Um, so we found typically that if we have someone inquiring who's purely on uh, like a weight loss journey, or if they are um, aesthetically motivated, then I would offer them something that is not CrossFit because historically, if I've offered them CrossFit, um, they've not been able to commit to that intensity of training so we have um a studio with just like regular fitness classes so like 35 minute classes hits and uh really light kettlebell work and and battle ropes and that type of thing and if they're looking for just something where they don't have to learn new skills and where they don't have to like think while they're training then i would point them in, in the direction of of the studio classes um but if they were on a journey or training for an event or really someone that's got a high affinity to fitness, then I would push them more towards the CrossFit classes. Excellent. So kind of, you know, 
seeing where they are, you know, what, what the ultimate end goal for them is so that way they can be the most successful for you guys. Yeah, I think like, I think after a few years of owning gyms, especially gyms like ours, like we're not a Globo gym. We don't sign people up for a year and then hope that they don't turn up. Like that's, that's the opposite of what we do. We are pretty much only train people. So for us, if we don't get the right type of people in, in the right classes, it just, it's not worth anyone's energy or time because they don't give us good word of mouth. They don't get good results from it. It's not a nice environment necessarily for them if they feel that they're really struggling or feel that they don't belong or that it's not the right pathway for them. So it's our job really to assess very quickly where they're at, what they want, and then be really upfront about whether we can supply the, the experience that they want and the results that they want. And I think that in my early days of owning a gym, I went through so many processes and maybe I worked with so many different marketing consultants and things like that. And pretty much this like standard cookie cutter marketing template for, for fitness is like, I'm looking for 10 women that want to lose weight in this area and blah, 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 and want to shed body fat or, or something different. I'm looking for 10 men who want to gain muscle, you know, and that just, um, it just drew in all the wrong type of people. <laughs> it just drew in loads of people that were there and really committed to put for a short amount of time. And we invested a lot of energy coaching them and then they weren't there long-term. Um, and so I found that quite difficult to accept that while people are also assessing is, is Fitbox the right place for me to train, I also, as a gym owner, need to assess the same thing. Like, is this the right place for you? And then I also need to accept if it just isn't the right place, not everyone's going to want the things that we offer. Yeah, absolutely. But if you can make that that relationship that connection to kind of see you know like you know really where they are versus like hey you're just another number in my gym let's go yeah yeah and I think that's exactly it and I think that I'm we're I'm really confident and my coaches are really confident that we're really good at what we do so if someone does come in and it is the type of training they're looking for um we've never had someone leave and say I just don't like it there or I just don't think you guys are that great at what you're doing I think we are good at what we do and I think yeah you know we're able to make those connections with people really easily if if they're open to that type of relationship as well yeah absolutely 100% we'll love that um Katie so let's kind of dive in a little bit you know how big I know you have a whole entity but like how big is the actual CrossFit space so the CrossFit space is about 7,000 square feet. I don't know that in any other units of measurement. I only know feet. <laughs> no, that's okay. That's perfect. So is that, that's not your whole like building. That's just the CrossFit space. Yeah. So the whole gym is over 10,000 square feet. Okay. So it's big. Yeah, it's real big. That's great. Um, and then, you know, how many members do you have in just like the CrossFit right now? So in the CrossFit, we have, we usually float around 60 to 70 members. 
Okay. Um, so we don't have like a huge timetable. We're like mornings, evenings. That's it at the moment. Um, and at the moment, we're just we're just about to launch a really big campaign to see if we can um, if we can get more members locally. Um, we got really, really held back by the pandemic. I won't lie. We hadn't even been in our new, so we moved towns. We, moved, we were in one town in a small venue, and then we moved to the next town in a, obviously this much bigger venue. Um, and then the pandemic hit not even a year after that. So one of the things that we are constantly working on, because we're like kind of tucked away, like you don't know that we're there, if you're passing by we're inside like an industrial estate so um one of the big campaigns that we're just about to launch is just local advertising because so many people don't know that we're there um and yeah that's something that we're working on i've not been pushing too much to get our membership base bigger um just yet because i didn't think we had the infrastructure in um coaching wise um but we do now we're ready to take on more members and we're ready to kind of um have have that have that kind of much bigger community now yeah no absolutely yeah i mean seven thousand square feet and you know i'm assuming crossfit you know a lot of the the boxes are pretty open as far as like the layout, there's not a lot of like walls and, and things in there that kind of clutters yeah. up the space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my first gym was like, it you could maybe fit like eight people in there at the most and they would be sharing barbells. Like it was really small. Um, and this one, like I laugh so much at my at my members because like in our first gym, it was over three floors. So if we were using like the concept two rowers, we would have to go and literally carry them down the stairs oh, and like no. my new members that are in my gym they're like oh no there's not you know if there's like um not a machine available for them right then i'm like you don't know how good you've got this like jesus you don't have to share equipment with anyone ever or think about really? it yeah really? yeah yeah and the way we use the space for the crossfit as well is like although there's such a big area it works really, really well because we have, we cap our classes at 12 at the moment, but we've got ropes, we've got high rings, we've got low rings, we've got one piece of equipment for everyone. So although it's like a big area, it's jam packed full of equipment and people don't have to really share too much. Um, so it's really, really nice the way it works. And we host a lot, we, we host really good um, CrossFit competitions as well. So we utilize the space for events quite regularly. No, that's awesome. It's like um, people didn't realize back in the beginning that they were uh, signing up for uh, a, move, a moving company as well when they got to move all the, uh, the equipment. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was crazy. At the time, it felt normal, but when I look back now, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're in a good spot now. You got some coaches. You got the, the structure inside the facility. You know, you're ready to go. Um, you know, kind of walk me through, like, you know, what's, what, it, what is this campaign going to entail? Like, how are you going to get your leads in the door to grow the facility? 
Yeah, sure. So we're working with two um, companies on this campaign. The first company is local to us, and they are dealing with purely local advertising, so like print advertising. So we've got stuff going up all around the next two towns, all around train stations, um, you know, roundabouts like roadside and that type of thing, um, just literally for local campaigns. And then we've also got a, another uh, company that we're working with who is going to be dealing with SEO, um, website utilization and targeted advertising. So it's like a two-sided kind of collaboration where people should be able to um, walk past signs that make us aware, like on, the, on their radar, you know, they're aware of us. And then also then go on their social media and we're also there as well, or they go on Google and they're getting an ad targeted from us. So it's quite a complex campaign that, I just would never be able to facilitate myself as a gym owner. And historically, I've always done that. You know, like when you're small, you can't afford campaigns like this. And you have to just host your own website and deal with your own online presence um, while, while you're kind of that size. But it's really nice that we've got to a point where we can launch, if you like. Like this is kind of our first proper launch since we came in like the end, at the end of 2018, because it just hasn't been the right time before now. Um, so yeah, it's it's good. It's a good feeling to finally get there. And um, just and also we're starting off in a really nice place. Our membership base is so solid. We're all um, competing and there's really good community. And so it's really, really nice to start from somewhere good. And just the goal is to get to even better. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, how big do you want to take this thing? You know, like, is there a certain number of members that you want to get by the end of the year or, you know, kind of what's, what's your, you know, hopes and, and visions on that? Yeah, so my, I think like by the end of the year, it would be really good to be closer to 100 members. And then I think at the year after that, really, for us to operate in the way I want to operate, we need to be 150 members. So at the moment, it's like over we would be looking at more than a 50 percent member uptake um which is completely doable now with the coaching team that we've got and the hours that we've got and stuff like that mm -hmm. um that would be really great um yeah and it's just about like i said before making sure it's the right people making sure that their goals are similar and that they're all kind of aligned in in their in their thinking um and that they're Ideally, like our members are not necessarily training for an event always, but they're kind of training for life. So if, you know, if they join, and this does tend to happen anyway with our members, we have quite a long lifespan of our members. When they join, they pretty much only leave unless their work changes or they move away or something like that. It's not because they found something different that they would prefer to do. Yeah. Got it. You know, the moving is uh, one of those things where you just can't really get around the moving. Yeah, there's not much that can be done about that. Yeah. Um, so, we, you know, with, with this, we'll say double-sided dragon of the of the the campaign, you know, you have the print side of things, you know, local advertising, things like that. And then you have like the Google and SEO. Are, is your 
um, second company that's part of this campaign, are they doing like, are you guys doing like paid marketing, like Facebook ads, Instagram ads, like things like that? Or is it more just like the Google, um, like posts and stuff like that? So our website is being redesigned so that it data captures um, visitors. So on our um, on our local campaigns, we've got QR codes on all of the posters by the station for data capture. Um, so we're just offering free trials to people, which is what we've always done anyway. And, you know, once people are in the gym, we can close the deal because we're good at what we do. So we just want to get people in. So our website is going to data capture um, the QR code on the local advertising also data captures. And then we've got email automations that will follow up with people. And then we've also got targeted advertising for local people and also the pot of people that have clicked those links or been on the website as well. So it's very like there are multiple angles to this campaign. Um, there's going to be social media, local advertising as well, because ultimately what we're trying to do is we're just trying to create more awareness about the fact that we are here. Because yeah. if, if people know that we're here and we offer things that they might be interested in, it, it will look after itself. It's just more like a barrier at the moment has been a lot of people don't know we exist. <laughs> yeah exposure is key yeah ex exactly yeah and the following that we have on social media we've got a really good organic following and we have a really really good engagement um and almost all of the people who come say oh i've been following you for a really long time and i just haven't plucked up the courage to come or whatever and then it means that when they do come they're really ready to start like they're quite committed already so um, it's really nice how our, our members come to us anyway. Like they're always very warm, really, and ready to, yeah, they're ready to train. Yeah, awesome. Got it. Um, so what, you know, with this campaign, um, you know, briefly, what are your, you know, what kind of expectations are you, are you looking for that you have for, you know, this you know, a six week, eight week, whatever, you know, time frame it's going to be, you know, kind of like what, what's your, your hopes and expectations to uh, obviously to grow, but like, you know, what really do you want to, you know, get out of everything? Yeah. So from the local campaign, I think we've got our billboards and stuff up for 30 days. Um, so I would like, I was like talking to the local, the guys dealing with the local stuff. And I was like, look, I'd like maybe like 20 conversions from this campaign, 20 people to come into the gym and have their free trial, which I think is really reasonable. Um, and then from the website, that's going to be ongoing. So that's a longer term goal. So my goal ultimately is to reach our 150 members um, and to assess, you know, maybe every three months with them, what worked, what didn't, how we need to review this, what should we do going forward, where are we best, you know, placing our money, where are we best placing our adverts, um, and just making sure that we get our message right as well. So then my goal ultimately is 150 members um, by the end of next year, um, and then just to constantly review really how we are getting there and what's been successful. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so you said you already have the billboard going up right now. Yeah, they're going up. Uh, yeah, they're going up 
um, before March. So yeah, they're going up soon. Got it. And then the social media that's in play now, or that's same time frame. Same time frame. So the campaign is like a whole launch together. Got it. All right. So everything together, all one. You're gonna yeah, yeah. blast it out. Yeah. Cool. Um. So yeah. So we got we got we got the marketing in place. You know, kind of walk us through. You know, what what's accountability look like for your members? Like, what what are some things that you do? that's going to hold them that keeps them wanting to come back like is it is it nutrition do you have coaches reaching out to them do you have a follow-up process you know walk me through that so the thing that keeps people coming back is yeah definitely the relationship with the trainers or the coaches like you mentioned before so once someone comes in whether they have so there's we have three coaches there's me and then dan and craig and once someone has a free trial, then we'll follow up with them. I I will follow up with them. It's all a very manual process at the moment. But when when uh, this campaign launches, it will be automated, most of it. Um, so then I'll follow up with them and be like, how was your trial? Craig said that you did really well on XXX. Or Craig said that you, you know, wanted to really work on these things. And then I'll kind of just like capture them with these conversations about themselves and how they want to um, start their fitness journey and or, or how they're looking to enhance it with us so it's very much about you know your coach has fed back to me that this this was your experience and then I'll just talk to them I'll just literally speak to them about how they found it reassure them about any concerns especially with CrossFit like it can be really overwhelming for people to start that that type of training um mm-hmm. especially, if, especially if they're new and it, weirdly i think it's more overwhelming for people who already train because they feel that they've got something that they need to prove when they start whereas total beginners tend to be like i'm just a beginner and then they are like they settle with that quite quickly so they're, they're kind of in lots of ways easier to coach and easier to you know coax along and cajole whereas more experienced people tend to be really hard on themselves and say, well, I should be able to do that. And he makes it look really easy and, and that type of thing. So we're just constantly in communication with the people that train with us. Um, and we put a lot of time and investment into that. We try to encourage like social aspects and we have a buddy up system, which is new for this year. So if someone has signed up and they're using the gym and then suddenly we don't see them as frequently or they, we feel that their attitude or their mindset has changed then we've got a system where we can buddy them up as, as long as they both agree and it's a completely voluntary thing but we can we can just buddy them up with a member who's not having that experience at the moment and then we'll like offer them a little workout to do together in open gym and get just get them to like swap numbers or whatever and just like kind of hold someone's hand a little bit really about getting back into the gym and training um we also are really attentive to people that have got injury because that's such a big barrier for people's mindset when they're training so if someone picks up an injury or they have got an injury that they start with we're really good about recommending them to the right therapists checking on them regularly um making sure that when they come to class we already know what they're going to adapt we know what their movements are and we just make sure that you know we make sure that everyone that trains with us knows that we want them to be there and that that we we're thinking about what they're going to be doing 
Excellent. Got it. Um, cool. That's, you know, buddy system is always fun. You know, it's, uh, if that's their kind of thing that they like. So yeah, not everyone loves it, but actually a lot of people, it is just the kind of kick, kick up the bum that they need. Yeah. Right. Like other, other than like the instructor, obviously saying, you know, Hey, like get that weight up or, you know, whatever, whatever the, the cue might be. Yeah. 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 Awesome. Uh, well, uh, Miss Katie, a uh, lot of good things going on. You know, you got, you know, the, the goals in place, the marketing in place, things like that. Um, what I want to do now is last couple questions as we get ready to wrap up, you know, walk us through um, if there's somebody that's looking to start in the fitness industry as an entrepreneur, they want to open up their own CrossFit box. They want to open up their own gym, whatever that looks like. What words of advice would you give them to start? I would strongly suggest that they understand that they are in the relationship game more than they could ever imagine. And that if they're not a people person, then it's going to be a real barrier for them. And you have to be ready to be uh, friendly and accommodating and um, empathetic all of the time, even at like 10 p.m. on a Sunday when someone's on WhatsApp trying to uh, negotiate something with you about their membership or their, their class booking or it takes a real lot of commitment um, and it's not it's not a business that you can switch off from ever um, I would also say as well that with the greatest of respect you can't uh, always a hundred percent meet everyone's needs and everyone's demands and if you always listen to your members and you always honor any suggestions that they think would improve the gym or like oh if you put on a lunchtime class I would always be there or if you had a membership that was for this many times a week I would you know I would definitely join your gym or that type of thing um you will just end up bending over backwards for people that are really not super interested in what you've got to offer and you will end up not being efficient with your time or your timetable or your money or your energy so you need to have quite firm boundaries with people whilst also allowing them to think that you're really quite friendly with them <laughs> yeah the, the the finding the good balance between you know is it is it just one person that wants this is it the whole you know whole gang or you know you know it's it's finding that fine balance that's one person can have the biggest uh popular opinion but it doesn't really mean anything if it's one person yeah a hundred percent i think it's really good to like read what's going on in your community and in your gym and that's not just like in a crossfit gym that would be in any gym you know if you owned like a globo gym and every single person's like, oh, it's a really good gym, but they haven't got a leg press and I'd really like a leg press. And then you see them go into another gym nearby and using the leg press. You've got to read that situation, all right? You've got, to, you've got to work out, hold on a minute. I'm not providing this service and I want them to stay here. Um, so yeah, it's, it's difficult. It's difficult. You've got to be quite um, firm about that. And I think, it, you know, you learn that very quickly. <laughs> You learn it quick. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, well, cool. Uh, last thing, Katie, I mentioned, you know, before that we want you to give a shout out to your facility. So if there's anybody in 
you know, your location in the UK or somebody that's out there listening, traveling, whatever, how can they reach you? How can they look up your facility and check out what it's all yeah, about? Sure. So we've got, uh, we've got Instagram, which is like our huge kind of platform. So we are at fitbox underscore UK and fitbox has got two eyes. Um, and then, yeah, we have our website. Um, hello. Uh, wait, what is our website? It's wearefitbox.com. <laughs> and again, Fitbox has got two eyes. Um, yeah, we have Facebook as well. So we've got like most of the socials. We're not on TikTok yet, which is a soon thing, I think. Um, but yeah, one one thing at a time. So yeah, we're, we're really um, available if people want to reach out or if, you know, they're, if they happen to be in our tiny corner of the world. <laughs> And they're very welcome to uh, look us up and come and say hi. Awesome. Appreciate that, Katie. Well, for everybody out there listening, uh, that's been the show. If this story inspired you or, you know, you want to go check out Katie's gym and everything she's doing, feel free. Um, and if you want to be on the show, click on our link below, fill out the information. We'll be in touch. But until then, y'all, that's been another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily, and joining us on the show is Lindsay and Rainer out of Club Pilates in Alabama. What's going on, ladies? How are you doing today? Great. Good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking. So definitely excited to have you guys on the show today. But before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you guys have going on and how you run your club Pilates, tell us a little bit about how you describe the business of people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. So I actually um, started the business. It's been um, just over seven years. I was looking into um, reformer Pilates in Birmingham when I, I had an injury from doing more high intensity exercises um, and I found that Pilates was just not accessible to me. Um, it was really only offered in a private setting. It was very expensive um, and at the time I worked part-time I had two kids. It just I, I couldn't do it. So um, I'd always wanted to own my own business um, and about six months later one day I was just randomly googling fitness franchises um, because I went to a pure bar that I loved and um, I saw Club Pilates out of California at that point, they were not, it was just being run by the original owner and they were not on a membership model yet. So, and it was a very small operation. I think I was the 67th studio to open now, which is, you know, out of 750. So, um, but I heard about this concept out of California and it was like, okay, accessible, affordable reformer Pilates, you know, some of the studios had 
70 classes a week, starting early in the morning, going into evening. I thought I want this, you know, so I know other people do too. And, and I was right. <laughs> so it, the first studio like really exploded um, yeah. back in 2015. Yeah. Okay. We grew quickly. Rainer, I know you had a, a kind of a different introduction into ownership or a, a different path. Yes. So um, I was a member for a while and then I started working, doing small things like helping with the intro. And I just slowly got into the um, right before COVID start started. I got into the management position and went from there. Yeah. And then about after she'd been managing the studio for a year or so, um, I approached her about becoming a partner. Yeah. So prior to becoming entrepreneurs, did y'all have experience with business ownership in maybe another a different industry or no? Nope. I was okay. in corporate finance before. Um, and then I was, I was a stay at home mom. I have an accounting degree. So no, I was not, I didn't have a clue what I was doing. Yeah. I was a paralegal. I didn't either. Yeah. So, and that brings you to my next question. Um, is that one of the reasons that you decided to go the franchise route because you would have the support of headquarters in the corporate location? Yes, there's no, there's no way that I, I could have done this on my own without the support of a franchise. Even though there wasn't a whole lot of support back then, it was still, you know, I, I couldn't have done it on my own. Yeah. So, um, yeah. It's not so, something I would have attempted to do by myself. Yeah. So what are some of the most important things that you've learned, either from your experiences or directly from corporate, like when it comes to growing a gym in this industry? What do you think? The most important things I've learned. Um, you know, I, the founder of Club Pilates, Allison Beardsley, I remember when I talked to her before I opened, she told me that if you operate from a place of service and gratitude, the success will follow. And I have found that to be true. For sure. So when I'm focused on the bottom line and the money side of things, that just, it doesn't, it doesn't go as well. So um, service oper operating from a place of service and gratitude and creating spaces that are inclusive and welcome, welcoming and treating people well. It, it not only makes the business better, it makes the business so much more rewarding. Yeah. So I have a question about that. Um, unless Rainer, were you about to chime in? No, no, go ahead. So I think that sometimes for entrepreneurs in particular, that can be kind of difficult. Like, yes, keeping the people over profit um, it's something that I like to say, but like when you're sometimes when things aren't going the way that you think you should, and you might be running late on a few, on a few bills and you, you know, you got to keep the doors open. Um, how do you still keep, how do you, how are you still like service first, even though everything might be going completely wrong on the back end of things? Oh gosh, as you said that I was thinking it was starting was really brutal. I mean, the first couple of years, like it's really hard to get money, um, to start a small business. I mean, it felt like lie, cheat, steal, and kill to round up the money to get this thing funded. And so for the first couple of years, I was really sweating it, um, you know? So it's kind of like on the business side, like I do what I need to do. Um, you know, it's not ignore the business side. You know, I'm still forecasting and budgeting and that kind of thing, but, um, but yeah, it's the customer service side. Right. I wanna add to that. Yeah, I think, having happy members, although you can't keep everyone happy, but uh, 
a lot of our members come from members we have now. So the word of mouth is really Huge. helps us a lot. So many of our leads come from referrals. Really? Mm -hmm. So do you find that people coming from referrals are, is a higher percentage that you'll be able to convert them into like a recurring member yeah. versus like oh, a yes. whole? The conversion rate on a uh, member referral is, yeah. On seeing their friend and how their friend's bodies have changed or their um, attitude or have changed because of club bodies almost always join. Yeah. I mean, it's like the, the referral, they've already sold it, you right. know? So once they get it, once they come in, it's kind of like selling, it's just a formality. They've, you know, yeah. that referral, they've already sold it for us. So is, is sales something, well, I'm, I don't know what your sales process is, but is sales something that like y'all had to work on over the past few years, just your skill set around that? Oh, yes. Yes. So um, I think when I first started, I kind of had more of like, if, if, if we build it, they will come kind of, and it was that to a degree, but then at some point, like to really push forward is when we, you know, we were kind of uh, plateaued. Um, and so once we started really focusing on the sales process, that's kind of what really took us. And a lot of that again is, is Rainer. Um, yeah. So, um, but the sales process, so we generate leads primarily through um, our paid leads through social media, Facebook and Instagram. Um, and then we have, you know, people who just see us and people who refer. Um, but once we get those leads, um, the process is we call them as soon as possible um, because it's fitness. And when somebody decides they want to do something, you know, you, the quicker you get to them, the better, because 24 hours from now, they could have decided that now they don't want to exercise or they found something else. So we want to contact those leads quickly, um, get them in for an intro class as quickly as possible. We'd offer free intros that are 30 minutes. Um, and they are required because we use equipment. And I would say like 99% of the people who come in, they've never seen a Pilates reformer. So we don't want to just throw them in a regular class. So they come in for a 30 minute intro, which we have very well staffed um, with salespeople. Um, we teach them the intro and then, you know, the, the, the goal is to try to convert them uh, there at the intro class. So they're in, on the spot. So basically like not letting them, if you can, walk out the door because at that point that's when you know the excuses start to pile in yeah, yeah. so we want to we want them to sign up when they're done when they're excited and they you know they feel good and um because people again people are always going to find an excuse to not work out so if they you know and put it off so we do offer incentives for them to sign up the day of the intro we have a um or we don't do we do that anymore i don't we do Yes. we waive it yes and so we waive um the sign up fee if they sign up the day of the intro and that's you know usually a good incentive our conversion rate and i haven't looked at it lately but sometimes i mean our intro conversion rate is i mean there have been months where it's been like 80 percent so um i try to do like when i first started the training was like serious sell 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 and i find found it better to just connect with the people on the phone before they come so that we know that they're comfortable coming. If they talk to someone and, you know, they're like, am I going to be the oldest person there? And I'm like, no, I promise you, you I promise you you're going to be good. Um, and then having a, you know, putting a face with the name when they get to the intro, um, that's how I like to do it. Rather than the sell, 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 just like, because I believe in the product. So I don't really feel like that we have to sell that much. 
um, what, once it, we get them there. It sells itself. It yeah. sells itself. I think that one of the biggest things is just making sure that we are staffed so that people don't have to wait. So that right. was one of the pieces that we were missing for a while because people, they, you know, they want to get up, sign up sign up on their app and so when we didn't have enough people working these intros with 12 people if somebody has to wait 30 minutes because we're you know so we try to be prepared um so that we can sign people up yeah uh, immediately so um that's been huge for our conversion rate um making sure that there's um that nobody's sitting there by themselves you know that we have then that's a huge thing too no but we want to make sure that nobody's sitting there awkwardly mm -hmm. you know by themselves um so that's a big, that's a big part of it. But yeah, most of the sale is done over the phone. I mean, it's, you know, you build the value then so that when they come in, we kind of assume like that this is, this is just a formality. Like, this is awesome. We know they're going to love it. Right. We know yeah. it's a good fit because you can show me anyone, literally any, anyone. And I can tell you why they need Pilates and what it can do for them. Um, right. So, yeah. Okay. I like that. So closing percentage, very high. Um, for the people that don't, I guess, sign up, like that day, what is the most common objection? Um, work schedule, price. Usually those are the two. Work schedule and price. Um, so those people, um, you're obviously not going to like, after they say, you know, I didn't think about it or it's too much, you're not going to be like, bye forever. So what is your like nurture process? Like after that, when somebody doesn't, you know, sign up the same day? We, we follow up with them the next day and ask them how it went and all those things. Um, and then um, we either try to get them into a drop-in class, which a lot of times they'll do. Um, mm -hmm. And when they're at the intro, we kind of take notes about what they said. If it was, I'm just not ready. I don't know if I want to do it right now or if it's my work. So we just go with what they said and try to get them to reconsider or take a class. Yeah, yeah, okay. So and, and it's lately um, has been happening more than people leaving and not making because it's a three month commitment. And sometimes I think that's a lot. And people have been coming back and doing it the next day. So, yeah, we do require the, a three month commitment. And so that's that does deter people. Mm -hmm. Some what I tell people, it, it's like Pilates is like anything else. You have to give it time and consistency. And with Pilates, there is definitely a learning curve mm -hmm. um, because it requires so much body awareness um, and mindful movement. So a lot of people, when they've come in from, you know, heavy lifting or more, you know, high intensity stuff, they don't, it's hard to get them to slow down and really, I hate to say do the exercises correctly, but um it's one of those things that gets harder the more that you do it, mm -hmm. um, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and yeah. um, anyway, so we want people to give it three months, um, you know, because of the learning carving. And so they start to see the results. It's like anything else you've got to, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Time and consistency. Got to put the, the work in and the time, like you said. Um, so I, I also wanted to ask about your client retention rate because it's well below like the industry average. Are there any strategies or tips that you can give around maintaining members long-term? So, well, let me backtrack. What is like the average length of time that a, a member will stay with you? If you know. That's a good question. I actually don't know that off the top of my head right now. Um, oh gosh, I'm not yeah. sure. I don't know. I, um, I mean, we have some of our, I was saying earlier, we have some of our original members from 2015. 
Mm -hmm. So, um, and a lot still from 2016, I want to say on average, is it maybe six months or something like that? I don't know. Um, our attrition rate is, we try to keep the attrition rates. The goal under is under 5%. So, so anything specifically that you think has worked well to keep it under 5%? Oh yes. I'll let Rainer speak to that because she's, um, she's done a great job. Um, one of the things that when they first joined, we, um, I've found that if they will book all their classes the first month, that they'll, if the first month usually determines how the membership goes. If they book all their classes and say if they have an eight pack and they come and take eight classes their first month, they, the likelihood of them staying is higher than obviously the ones that don't. So we try to um, specifically greet them, the new people, every time they come in and introduce them to the teachers. And we try to get them booked classes and help them find the classes that um would best suit them and that i think has really helped we've also started um milestones so like we have a member who's about to have 1500 classes and we make a huge deal out of it so when they get to 100 250 500 we take their picture we put them on social media they're on a board in the studio and they get this little certificate and i think that people love that the um, franchise actually, you know, over over the years and with so many studios, they they really have a lot of data on this. And I, I can't remember it off the top of my head, but there's something about if someone takes a class the first week that they join, the chances of retaining that member are exponentially higher. Right. So that's a good so point that you bring up. So at the intro class, we do try to get people to, to go ahead and book that first class. We also do follow ups as well. Right. Yeah, you know, we ch- we do check-ins. Yeah. So, what system do you guys use to keep track of that? Club Ready is the um, yeah system we use. Yeah. That's scheduling, point of sale, yeah, mm-hmm. everything. Okay. So, as we come to a close in a few minutes, let's talk about big picture things and where you plan on taking. I don't know that we mentioned that you guys have two locations. I, I don't know if we talked about that, but we have two locations. There's a third one that's going to be opening up very very soon in March. So how do you want to see your businesses continue to grow and develop? So um, I think right now after three studios is probably enough for a while. I don't think we're going to be expanding um, or opening more anytime soon, but we, you know, we have talked about expanding into other locations or maybe even other concepts. Club Pilates is owned by Exponential Um, Fitness is the parent company and they own um, 10 different brands, including Pure Bar, Cycle Bar, mm-hmm. um, Yoga Six. So we have, you know, discussed maybe getting into the, you know, maybe getting into other concepts um, later. For now, we're just focusing on, um, you know, real growing our instructor base, uh, you know, instructors. There's a scarcity of instructors um, who are qualified to do what we do because it's the 500-hour certification. And so we're looking to build staff um, and just grow the existing studios. All right. Anything to that? Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's exactly what we're trying to yeah. do. And of course, you know, and, and our goal obvious always is, you know, inclusivity, um, making people feel welcome. Um, I think we do want to work on adding more classes as well. Yes. I think we do, we do a lot of our attrition is because 
we um, can't accommodate everyone. So there are a lot of studios where they have classes all day, every day, seven days a week. We can't staff that, but I would love to get there one day. Right. So I think that's the only thing that's really holding us back at this point. Yeah, because we can only get 12 people in each hour. So, no. So what are the, I guess your primetime hours, are they in the mornings and in the evenings? So 5.30 a.m. all the way till uh, 1.30 and then um, 4.30, 5, 30, 6, 30 p.m. Gotcha. And it's, it used to be, I mean, all the classes are busy now, right? right? I mean, they're all, yeah, we're open Saturday and Sunday as well. Nice. And how how big are the classes? Like, what is the maximum amount of people that you can take in one class? 12. 12, I think you did just say that. So 12 people per class and a few classes a day. Okay. So we have a wait list, which people do not like, which that's, been an issue I mean that's hard but we work past it because it works so people yeah. just, some people just don't like to get on a wait list yeah and there's kind of too like because especially at one studio we're so busy there's this scarcity mentality where people are like booking up classes and classes but then you know there's the penalty at 12 hours and so they'll 12 hours before a class starts is usually like there's it's like you know people will get off the wait list mm-hmm so, but that scarcity mentality, people book up a lot more classes that they're actually going to. Uh, um, yes. And so we've had to, because of that, we have to really enforce our late cancel and no-show policy, which people don't love. But when we did not enforce it, what happens is we end up with a wait list mm-hmm. and, then, and then empty reformers, you know? Yeah. yeah. So um, I tell the, you know, the, the members, I'm like, this is for you. We do this for you right. so that you can get into classes, you know, so that nobody's holding up spots. Um, and so we have to, we have to, we have to enforce that. Some people still, you know, a lot of people don't care about the penalty. Right. But, um, I, yeah. There are like about 15 at each studio that don't like it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. Well. I think those penalties are definitely important to have there, uh, especially when you have like the amount of volume every week that you guys have. But ladies, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. However, please tell our listeners where they can find you. So we have two locations in Birmingham, Alabama. Um, One is in Cava Heights um, and the other is in River Chase. So in the Hoover area and then Homewood will be opening in March. I hope. Yes. (laughs) Alrighty, y'all. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and contribution to the show. And of course, we're looking forward to seeing what you guys are going to be able to uh, continue to accomplish down the road. So to everybody who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if y'all want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description. And as always, until next time, Jim Lloyds out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.